It's the Stinking Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Bar. <laughs> oh, boy. Do I need to... <laughs> Do I need to oh. alert Ooh. people as to what's going on right now? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wait. Let me welcome everybody in. Yeah. The Think of Truth podcast. Mark Schler alongside Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, producing the show. Yeah, please alert everybody. All right. So we're doing this podcast. It is uh, 9.05 a.m. Mountain Time mm-hmm. on Wednesday. You've been up since 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're into your fifth 16-ounce coffee right now. Yeah. So yeah. you are highly caffeinated right now. Yeah, I'm incredibly caffeinated. I had I just you know, I woke up and I had things on my mind and when I get things on my mind, you know, most of the time it's pretty vacuous up there. You know, it's just a lot of space. A couple of rocks rolling around. And I had some things on my mind and then I couldn't go back to sleep. And so, you know, I mean, I was even I even, you know, I I, I wake up and I even pray. And I thought, man, I'm a lot like a disciple because normally when I pray, the Lord just conks me out, right? Boom, I'm out, sleeping. But that didn't work, so I prayed for a while. Then I just got out of bed, and I started working because I'm I'm calling the Cardinals versus the Detroit Lions this weekend. And so I started working on my just game plan stuff and the things I want to, you know, the, the things I need to read and some of the things I need to go over because I've been working on that for a couple of weeks. And uh, anyhow, so just I got up and just started working this morning, and, and I've been going ever since. So what I'm saying is, folks, as you're listening, don't adjust the, the whatever you know speed controls you have on right. your phone or whatever, because this is actually Mark just talking. I'm going to really just show fast. you something right now, and this is not something I am, am proud of, but I'm going to show you my coffee tongue. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, look at this coffee tongue. That's nasty. Ah, hell. Anyway. Disgusting. <laughs> anyway. I just noticed So that, how about that Ezekiel gross. Elliott deal, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> how about Ezekiel Elliott? Here's the thing I love. You remember Jerry Jones? Like, Jerry Jones was like, like, uh, uh, uh. You know, he took every opportunity he did. Even when Jalen, even when uh, uh, Jalen Smith signed his contract, it wasn't about pumping up the kid who's come through this great, you know, unbelievable road where – he was going to be a top five overall pick in the draft, and then he tore up his knee in a um, in a bowl game, and and it basically, you know, they they were did they ever play again? Did they ever walk? And Jerry Jones gave him an opportunity, and basically two years of rehab before he started playing, and now they signed him to this big giant deal, and, and Jerry Jones takes the opportunity to basically throw jabs at <laughs> at Zeke Elliott, you know about. How the you know the pie? It was like uh, uh, uh. it was only um the, the, you see the pie and the slices and it, uh, 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 and only so much to give you know and, and just like well you know just celebrate the kid don't talk about that but here's the here's the baloney that goes on you you can manipulate the cap any way you want to manipulate the cap like when owners I I like I can't buy into owners crying poverty or victim we're a victim of the salary cam we can't possibly pay everybody yeah you can you may have to mortgage your future but you can pay everybody do you know and i heard this driving and i don't know if it's true but it doesn't really matter because i get most of my news off twitter anyhow so most of it's probably fake but here's the point is that this this six-year extension which makes it an eight-year contract six-year 90 million dollar extension for zeke elliott actually lowers his cap value. They actually saved money giving away $90 million on the cap. 
I mean, so you can manipulate it any way you want. There's plenty of money to pay everybody if you want to do that. But the thing is, is you may have a window of three years or whatever it is, and then you may be paying the piper later because all that contract that those guys are no longer playing, you're still paying those guys. But I applaud the move because what what Jerry Jones is recognizing is, hey, we're in a win-now window. We have to win. We're the Cowboys. We haven't done anything relevant in two decades plus. So this is an opportunity to win. And, yeah, maybe the Ezekiel Elliott deal won't age well, but you know what? It'll be very impactful this year. And I like an owner who looks at it and says, yeah. you know what? I got a chance to win now. This is the going rate for a guy I need to have. I'll worry about how this contract ages later down the road. But I'm going to try to win now. Right. And I like that. I think it's also the way you look at your team, the way you built your team. You look at them. They, they just signed Collins to a big deal. I think he's the highest paid right tackle in football. Zach Martin's one of the highest paid guards in football. Travis Frederick is one of the highest paid centers in football. And Smith, your left tackle, is one of the highest paid tackles in football. You have built your team to dominate the trenches, to dominate the line of scrimmage, to run the football. And basically what you're saying is, yeah, this is the way we built our team, and I don't necessarily rely or trust that Dak Prescott is ready to take it to the next level, even though I think that Dak Prescott is an up-and-coming quarterback. I think he, I think he's better than he probably gets credit for. And I think people like to bash on him a bit. But I think this is the way this this team was constructed. And I'll applaud Jerry Jones for this. I understand what my team is. You know, like one of the most important things you can do in your life is to kind of understand what your skill set is, what you are and what you aren't, and then lean on what you are, right? Like if you've got a great fast, fastball, you know, don't get enamored with your changeup. You know, throw your damn fastball. Spot it. And I think this is Jerry Jones saying, this is what we're going to do. It's like completely different than the narrative with the Chargers right now and Melvin Gordon. So you're talking about a window for the Cowboys, right? This is their window. I mean, I think a lot of people would say the same thing about the Chargers. Well, this is their window. You know, if they did it for Zeke, now you know what the going rate is. Shouldn't Melvin Gordon just come in underneath that? Because uh, he he may not be Zeke, but he's kind of in that mold, if you will. You know, I mean, Todd Gurley got paid. Zeke gets paid. What about Melvin Gordon? And I would just say this. I mean, I understand Charger fans are a bit concerned, but I would understand this, all six of them. I would... <laughs> That's snarky. That's snarky. Yeah, I know. But I would say this, is that... You're talking about two different constructions of a football team. One, based on the running game, based on Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. One, based on a quarterback in Phillip Rivers in a passing game. And I think that a lot of, you remember, the first time that Melvin Gordon has ever averaged more than four yards a carry was last year. And he only did it for 12 games. I think what you're looking at is a lot of teams will say, hey, man, we're so afraid of Phillip Rivers and his knowledge of the game. And, you know, whether it's uh, Keenan Allen, whether it's uh, Mike Williams, you know, the passing game that they have that will, hey, if you're going to beat us at five yards of carry and and methodically kind of pound it down the football field, like we'll take our chances on that. But what we're trying to do is prevent Phillip Rivers from just torching us. And so I think it's two different constructions, you know, of two different teams. So I think 
you know, there'll be a lot of people that try to put it on the same narrative. It's not. It's 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 completely your window for the Chargers is built around Phillip Rivers. Your window for the Cowboys is built around that running game in Zeke Elliott. Okay, but you also have the quarterback in there, and the quarterback wants to get paid. It's his turn now. Sure. So what do you what do you do with Dak Prescott, especially in the wake of the Jared Goff deal? You pay the man his money. Hey, listen, do you think Jared Goff deserves to be the highest paid quarterback in football? No. Okay, he's got more. But wait, he's got, in the last two years, he's got more 300-yard games than anybody else, right? Oh, in the last two years, he's got as many wins as any other quarterback in the league, 24. Sorry, I guess I still have the stench of the Super Bowl in my nostrils when I think of Jared Goff. Well, I mean, the the point is, is that you don't get necessarily what you deserve. You get what the market bears. And so they're going to have to figure out a way to get Dak signed to a long-term deal. And the parameters are there, and everybody keeps kind of jumping over the next guy. So the parameters now are Jared Goff. And, you know, the Cowboys probably have to jump over Jared Goff. Here's the thing that's crazy about that. If you think about the way this was constructed, had you just gotten Dak Prescott done, like with a real contract, not a fake one, but a real one where not all the money is on the back end where you can get out of it, but a real one, you probably could have gotten him done. Now it probably was going to cost you more than you wanted to pay, but now the contract you probably could have signed a month ago right. is not right. the contract you can sign tomorrow. Right. And I don't think Zeke's would have changed. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't like the charges aren't giving Melvin Gordon Zeke's the parameters of Zeke's were set. By the Gurley deal. By the Gurley deal, and they weren't going to change. Right. So it probably would have saved you money in the long run if you know that's what the parameters are and you know you're going to get to that that point to get Dacton first and then to deal with Zeke. So what we're seeing here then, if I'm hearing you, when it comes to the Wentz deal, the Goff deal, presumably the Dak deal coming up, is that these teams have committed, for better or for worse, to these quarterbacks. This is this is their guy. Right. And they understand that for better or for worse, this is our guy. And we're gonna end up having to pay him. Mm-hmm. Better pay him now. I mean, Jared Goff, you you know, you want a slow play with Jared Goff. You could. I mean, he's three years into a five year deal if right. you're talking about a, a fifth right. year rookie option. So you you could have waited. You could have waited with Carson Wentz. But you're in, right? You're 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 in for uh, uh, what's the, what's the saying? In for a pound, in for a dollar, that kind of thing, or I don't know what it's called. I have That's, no idea I, what I don't that either. is. And I, that, but, apparently but not. But you're committed. Yeah, you're committed to these guys, and so if you're committed to them, you might as well pay them now, rather right. than waiting into year four, year five, whatever, and yeah. the market just explodes more, and right. you're paying more money. There's two things you know. You know the market's going to explode, right? And so it, it's not like the market is all, all of a sudden going to turn down for the quarterback position. Like, all of a sudden, you know what? We've had a market correction, and the quarterback is not as valued as it once was. That, that's not happening anytime soon, especially with the game, the way it's going, and where you know, we're creeping ever closer to 70% uh, of the plays that are run are, are throwing, you know, passing plays, right? So we keep, keep you know, ratcheting that up. I mean, it's not like the value is going to go down. You know the value is not going to go down. I think here's the other thing, Mike. I've got these guys long-term. I don't know what the next collective bargaining agreement brings, mm-hmm. right? 
It may bring, obviously, more cap space, more everything, more money, 18 games. May We may lose the franchise tag. What if we all of a sudden, you know, there's only seven, eight guys a year that are franchised. What if all of a sudden, you know, that's part of the negotiation and the Players Association demands, hey, we get rid of this franchise tag. Now all of a sudden we can't franchise our quarterbacks, i.e. the Washington Redskins with Kirk Cousins, where they franchise them, what, two, three years in a row? Like we don't have that valuable tool anymore. Not that we use it all that often, but it's there if we need it. If we just can't make a decision on a guy. So now all of a sudden you take these young quarterbacks and you lock them up for several years past when the next collective bargaining agreement comes up. So, I, you know, I think there's I've, – I've always said this in regards to the NFL and contracts. If you know a guy can play, if you know it, and you know he's a professional – and he may not be the best at his position, but you can win with him, and he's a good guy, and you like him in your locker room, and he's a great, got that great chemistry and that great dynamic, and he can play, and he's only getting better, and he's young. Like, be proactive. So the bar isn't set for greatness. You're, you're, not, you're not looking at these guys expecting, demanding greatness. Secretly, they won't come out and say it, but, but secretly sure. they're saying behind closed doors, hey, He's a good quarterback. He's a productive quarterback. He gets along well with everybody. Right. He's good in the room. And that's worth something to us. Rather than the unknown. Right. Which could have us searching. Well, everybody's looking for the unicorn, right? I mean, everybody wants the unicorn. Patrick Mahomes is kind of the, if you want to, like, okay, if but, you want to nickname Patrick Mahomes, forget Showtime. Right. Just name him the unicorn. But are the Rams convinced that they have a unicorn here? No. I don't, I don't are think. Are the Eagles convinced no, they got a unicorn absolutely, in Wentz? Absolutely but not. they're paying them. Right. They're paying them because that's the market. And and what's your alternative? Right. You know your alternative. Right. Case Keenum. Right. The alternative Case Keenum, is scary. How'd that work? Right. So that's your alternative. I, I would tell you so this. So you're paying for good with the hope, hope that it turns into great. Was Tom Brady a unicorn when he started off, when they won that right. first Super Bowl? He, they kept him on the roster as the fourth overall quarterback, mm-hmm. the fourth quarterback. You know, and had they not done that, the odds of Tom Brady playing in this league right now probably aren't very good. But they saw something special in him. When they won the first Super Bowl, based on the you know defense and the running game, you remember that Super Bowl? It was against the Rams in New Orleans. First one I covered as an NFL analyst for ESPN. And John Madden doing that game was like, hey, what they need to do is just hand it off here. Play punt, for overtime. Play for overtime. Yep. And what did they do? Came out slinging. Brady led them to a, you know, a, a Venetary field goal. And they win the Super Bowl. I mean, again, at that point, they didn't know that Brady was going to be the greatest of all time. Nobody did. Brady didn't know it. I mean, he's going to work. He's going to bust his ass. He's going to do everything he could do, you know. And by the way, that guy, have you looked at pictures of him then and now? He's even more handsome now. He is. How do you he get... He was a little doughy. Right. You know? Yes. The hair wasn't anything special. No, it wasn't all styled. No. And he didn't have any goobly goo in it. You it, know what I was trying to say, by the way? What? In for a penny, in for a pound. Or... In for a dime, in for a dollar. Meaning, if you, you, you're with these quarterbacks, hey, if you're in for a penny, you might as well be in for a pound. If you're in for a dime, you might as well be in for a dollar. You see where I'm going here? I do see where that's okay. So, if can I ask you a question about yeah. that? So, yeah. in for a dime, in for a dollar, uh-huh. both units of, of like money. Y- yes, it's currency. Currency. Legal yeah, US you, that's tender. what I was looking. Yeah, currency. 
in for a penny, in for a pound. That's English. Okay, so that's English currency. Well, that started, yeah, and then we... Okay, so I was thinking the pound. No. But you're talking about pound like a pound, like pound. like English money. English money, right. Because when I start penny pound, I was like, you're, you're mixing your metaphors, no, right? No, no. In there's no penny, in for a pound, right. and we Americanized it with in for a diamond for a dollar. That's right. Right. Remember when they tried to make us go to the metric system? Oh, we were like, up yours. That was. Right? We don't go to divide by tens. Who do you think we are? Please. I like those little lines in the tape measure, yeah. right? This is seven feet, six inches, and three of those little dash lines. That's it. <laughs> Everybody knows that measurement. Seven, six, three dash lines. Boom. Done. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were mixing your metaphor. In for a penny, in for a pound, in for a dime, in for a dollar. So Why are we in for a penny, in for a dollar? So... Help me out with this then. If if these teams, you're not going to answer that no, question, are you? If okay. these teams secretly just want good, and they're willing to pay ex, you know exorbitant amounts of money for good, mm-hmm. with the hope that maybe it'll be great, yeah. Then then why is there a rush to draft all these quarterbacks so early? Because you would think that if you're drafting a quarterback that early, you'd be doing so with the idea that you're looking for greatness, right? Yeah, you would. Th- but, I think they. They all hope for greatness. I think the realistic aspect of that or the realistic kind of thought process is good. if we just get good, that good. It, you yeah. know. I mean, it's such an inexact science, although there's a lot of draft nicks out there who would like to tell you, oh, no, we know exactly what we're doing. Come on, stop it. No, you don't. <laughs> How about this Hall of Fame 5 quarterback class, right? Come well, on. I'm glad, you go- I'm glad you're going there. Go because, ahead. Because uh, did you hear what one of the Hall of Fame 5? By the way, for those who don't know, the Hall of Fame five, Baker Mayfield, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, and Sam Darnold. Right. Did you hear what Sam Darnold said about the uh, Jets offense? No. He I believes didn't. it's going to be electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> you can and uh, it's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Who didn't dance it, by the way? You the, got a the little electric you, slide. For the people who are watching on YouTube, why don't you show a little of your electric it. slide? It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> <laughs> and you backed up. And you went, you it's, did. it's a Ford. And then it's you the go backup. side over yeah, here. Yeah, that's and right. Then you went yeah. Side over here. <laughs> Woo! I look like a fish. Um, electric slide or Macarena? Oh, electric slide. Not yeah, even close. I agree with you. Yeah, not totally even close. Electric slide is yeah. way better than that. Uh, yeah. you, but here's the thing about that. Like, one, Adam Gase, you know, the big giant eyes notwithstanding, Adam Gase is an incredible offensive mind. He's He really is. Um, I just I look at this with the Anderson kid, uh, isn't it Robbie Anderson, the the wide receiver they have? Um, I I think with Sam Darnold, the running game that they will have, I think Le'Veon Bell is such a perfect fit for this offense. Like wide zone, patient runner, pick your hole, look for your cutbacks. Like that, if that's not picture perfect, I did this breakdown tape once and and, and played off for when I was with ESPN, played off Le'Veon Bell's running style. Like, uh, remember the the game show? Uh, gosh, what was it? What was the name of the game show where you got to pick your doors? Door one, door two, or door oh, three? Oh, let's make a deal. Yeah, let's make a deal. I did a whole breakdown tape on like, let's make a deal, and Le'Veon Bell was shaking somebody down, right? And door number one, you know, whoosh, and the door popped up. Like, are you gonna take that? And and all these different avenues were like, you would never think that he's gonna go where he goes, and, and he doesn't know. He just feels what he feels and reads what he reads. He's incredible. But I'm telling you what, he'll knock your dick in the dirt. I mean, he'll blitz pick up. 
He will he'll catch the ball in the backfield. He can be a wide receiver. I mean, this is one of the most versatile players we have in this league. You say whatever you want about him, um, but he is an exceptional player. I think this offense has the chance to be really good, really good. But you brought up, hey, who's the Anderson kid, and right, who's their tight end, right? What, what they do they have the kind of depth or playmakers at wide receiver and tight end that this offense is going to need, even with Le'Veon Bell, to be electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me just look at their depth chart real quick while I have it up. Robbie Anderson, Anunwa, Anunwa yeah, yeah. is, I like him a yeah, lot. good player, yep. Um, all right, Jameson Crowder, the kid from, I don't really know their tight ends. Uh, Griffin and, and uh, Brown. Mm-hmm. But you know you run the ball, you set some of those things up. You got a chance to be, you got a chance to be pretty good. I, you know, oh, yeah, there's a difference between pretty good and electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. I don't know if there's that big. Is there that big a difference between pretty good and electric? Boogie, boogie, woogie, woogie. woogie. <laughs> yeah. Plus they play in New England. They play, they play in, New England twice. Yeah, Although right. they do get to play the Dolphins twice. Right. Can I do? Is this going to sound bad? And I'm I'm speaking as a fan here. You're going to have a different take as a former Mm -hmm. player. I'm not rooting for Le'Veon Bell to do really well because I think it would set a bad precedent that people would then look and say, "Hey, here's a guy who held out for an entire season, forced his departure from his Uh team, still ended up getting paid, and." Still was no worse for wear when it came back to play. I just think that if Le'Veon Bell has a really good year, hey, it'll only encourage I, more players hey, to do the same thing. I think it's already had its impact. Really? How? Well, Zeke Elliott said, like, in a, in a situation where Zeke had no leverage. Right. No leverage. He had yeah. two years left on his deal, and they could franchise him for another two years. You, you've got another four years of playing. You've got, I mean, you've got nothing to get to your second contract. Held out, what did he get? Yeah, how many, how many NFL games did he end up missing? Zero. Zero. Right. Is Melvin Gordon and, prepared to Antonio sit Antonio Brown. I Antonio Brown these. forces. I'm just saying the threat of that actually make the threat of what Le'Veon Bell did, I think, is think actually so? making well, I mean, it seems to be having an impact. The Gordon one will be interesting to watch. The Gordon, it seems like the yeah. Chargers are prepared to let this play out. Yes. So it'll be curious to see. If Gordon, well, they, the Chargers have already come out and said we're not going to negotiate. It's done until right. after next season. So, so does Gordon have the stomach to go down the Le'Veon Bell path? That's that's what I'm curious to see. Are these guys when they run up against a team that is willing to call their bluff? Are they willing to go the the nuclear option right. like Le'Veon did? And I work for Le'Veon, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I just I think it's already in in. In place. By the way, did you see Antonio Brown? I just saw something on Twitter. Antonio Brown complaining about the Raiders finding him for missing. For missing. Oh boy! <laughs> Who could have seen this coming, huh? He, he, like posting it on Twitter. His fine. His this sheet of fines. Who could have seen this one? Coming? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but you're required to be at practice. You realize that, don't you? That's that's part of the requirement. And when you skip it. Because you don't feel like going, or because your helmet doesn't fit quite right, there are these fines that the rest of us live by. I'd say this podcast has been electric. 
Boogie, 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 boogie. boogie. <laughs> hey, for everybody involved in Seek of Truth, I'd like to thank you for Mike, for Scott, myself. We'll see you guys a little bit later.